SBR, the people's pod, giving you unfiltered and unqualified content every single week. I'm Cliff. He's Joe. Welcome back, everybody. What's up, everyone? Tiger is recovering from his car accident. The Lakers got destroyed. Not got destroyed. No, they didn't get destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) They destroyed the Warriors. That was a little jab for our special guest we'll announce. Without AD, Jimmy Butler refuses an all-star bid because Bam didn't get to go. I mean, that's pretty legit, Joe, right? Best leader in the NBA. That's pretty legit. But we got to start with our very, very special guest. He's a fellow podcaster, creator of the Off the Pulpit podcast. He's a pastor, a blogger, a diehard Warriors fan. That's why the jab came in. (laughs) Let's welcome SBR, Eugene Park. Thank you. Cliff, you give the best intros, man. This is incredible. How do you have this much energy with kids? That's, That's awesome. Oh, this has been happening since 1983, my friend. <laughs> That's this amazing. This guy's moment I ripped out of there. <laughs> I've been full volume. Announced himself to the doctor. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I was it. like, no. sup, y'all? <laughs> it's really cool to be here. I- I've been actually listening on and off for, for a while. That's um, great. And I know Joe from before, too, so it's awesome to be here. Well, let's let's get started so the people can know a little bit about you. So we talked about Off the Pulpit podcast. So what inspired you to start Off the Pulpit? Um, yeah, so I'm a pastor. Uh, I'll, I'll give like the, uh, the official like pastoral meta reason. And then the realistic reason, (laughs) the official reason is, uh, I actually wanted to do this for a while. I remember when Joe and I I know Joe from before and and when Joe started your guys' podcast, I was like, that's actually awesome because, um, I don't even back then and still now like Asian American voices that, that they didn't really exist in any of these platforms, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think one thing as a pastor, as an Asian American pastor and my congregation is mainly Asian American. Um, I realized like, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like we don't know who we are. Um, we never really talk about it. I think that line, uh, Stephen UN had in that, that recent article, I don't know if you guys read it or not, was really good where he, he said like, I think being Asian American is thinking about everyone else while no one is thinking about you. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing, pastoring this Asian American context, I realize is because we don't know who we are and because we never talk about it, it's actually really hard to do ministry in my mind. Um, we copy a lot of white people like Tim Keller is every pastor's Moses. Uh, if you're Korean American, (laughs) he's a great guy, you know, but I I also think a lot of what they do doesn't really fit our context. So with that, I just always wanted to start a podcast. I didn't know about what I actually wanted to do sports for a little bit thought about doing church um but my other two friends are pastors too and i thought like we had the official title of like hey we want to talk about topics um usually off the pulpit that pastors won't talk about to the church mm. but i think deeper i just wanted to have a space where we can just talk as asian americans um and there was a lot of fear too i don't know about you guys but i feel like asian americans also like hate on each other a lot mm. <laughs> like totally. you know you start a blog or anything people are gonna like you know secretly talk like well what's this fool doing right (laughs) (laughs) right but i think a part of that like plays into this mindset that we never like platform ourselves well so i just wanted to do Mm. that um but my real reason is like i got really lonely during the pandemic i just want to talk to friends (laughs) so that's that's my real reason oh that's the real reason Ah, (laughs) the truth comes out (laughs) that's what sbr is good for so (laughs) i (laughs) how long did it take from like you thinking of wanting to do it from the inception portion to the execution of it. Yeah, it took a while. It took like three different versions. So I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I might be outing him, but I asked my lead pastor first. So I'm the associate pastor of my church and Joe knows Jay. Uh, he, he's hilarious. <laughs> Cliff knows Jay. <laughs> oh yeah. You, you know, Jay song, right? Jay song. Yeah. A legend. He was a my, legend. uh, missions leader in Brazil. Oh, 2001. oh no yeah. way. <laughs> Dude, we gotta. Hey, you guys should bring him on, and your episode. Oh, dude, yeah, we should totally bring Jay. I love Jay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Jay's Jay's hilarious. Like he could be a stand-up comedian, but I wanted to do it with him first because um, we work well together, and, and we almost did. But then I think just timing didn't work out, and he felt like you know he's a lead pastor, and I think because it's like church stuff that we're talking about, it's hard to really do that because uh, Joe might know. Being yeah. a lead pastor, it's hard to really be yourself at times because you have to watch out for that. So that failed. I tried with another friend in the East Coast named Moses. Uh, he, he's kind of Twitter famous a little bit. He was like, <laughs> he was like maybe. Then he gave me the cold shoulder, and I was like, oh, all uh, right, it's, it's all good. But dang, put him on blast <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, I, I Moses, do. come on, man. Moses, Moses I'm going to send you this Moses episode. Moses is too big time for you now. I'll shoot. I know, <laughs> man. Jeez, a little little Twitter fame and then the retweets, and I guess I'm just kidding. 
Um, no, he was too busy, and I was like, oh, man, I, I guess whatever. So it was in the back burner. And then when the pandemic started, I think at least at our church, we really wanted to figure out how to reach people outside. Well, we couldn't meet physically, so we were trying to think outside the box. So at True North, we started a podcast, like a small daily one, um, and I bought all this equipment. And because I bought all that, I was just kind of like, hey, why don't I just ask the friends that I know that will say yes because they feel bad for me. So I asked um, Excellent. Uh, Thomas Wang and Jason Min, respectively. And they're like, yeah, let's let's do it. So it took like two years to kind of start it off, but that's kind Wait, of the process. So, so you're telling me that Tom and Jason were your like third choice? Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> they, we, we, uh, we already talked about this, but um, yeah. But, you know, is you know what though? I with the with the pod that I was doing because it's it's church topics and kind of uh, cultural topics. I thought it'd be good to maybe do it without friends because it's like mm. you know sometimes it's like hard to really talk about those things well. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think with Tom and Jason, we have a close enough friendship where it worked out well. Um, but it is interesting, like. You know, I, I think with you guys, it's a little bit easier because it's just like easier to talk about. But it's been interesting. Like people don't know this, but when I ask a question, because I'm the host of, of the pod. And when I ask a question on the pod, there's like two minute silences. Because people <laughs> were just like, what are we going to say? So I had to edit that all out too. So that's, that's an interesting like uh, dynamic of the pod. Oh, you host hey, well, and edit. Wow. Yeah, no, that's that's good editing because I do listen to your guys' pod. I love it, by the way. I, Thanks, I like all the stuff you guys talk about. Thank you. It's, and um, I haven't heard all of them, but I mean, in a lot of them, you guys bring up kind of Asian American church. And I don't know. Some of it's traumatic because it brings up these <laughs> experiences that I had when I was a yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. But also, it's yeah. great to hear that kind of perspective brought up because, as you said, yeah, and you know, uh, Eugene's written for TGC also, and I love the stuff you write because when you write something, I totally relate to it. <laughs> like I can completely yeah, yeah, understand yeah. it. Whereas when I read something from you know Tim Keller or whatever Piper or some you know some big time yeah. guy. It's like I understand it and I think it's amazing and biblically it's all right. But then I don't it doesn't completely translate to my context. No, totally. And, and to kind of play off that, too, like and I think we try and force ourselves to be like, like, oh, yeah, we, we get what, what Keller is saying or this article is saying, you know. <laughs> but there was a point where I was yeah. reading all these TG articles and, and I love them. And, and um, but I was just like, man, this does not relate to me at all. Like, it's good stuff. Hmm. And that's why I was just like, I think podcasting is interesting because. It's actually, I think, a form of like media that Asian Americans can do well in. Cause I, I don't know about you, but like there's this stage fright of like putting your name on something and being on video. But I think podcasting, like, it's just something that it comes naturally for a lot of Asian Americans. Like like you guys know, if we if we recorded like some retreat talks, like there'd be some famous <laughs> podcasts out there. <laughs> but we just never do, so yeah. I'm waiting for that episode. You you gotta save that. Yeah, we uh, yeah we we have some some stuff lined up that might get. I mean, they talked about some former retreat stuff, retreat stories. Man, I was yeah. like, oh shit! Just let you know, we edit a lot of stuff out. <laughs> 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 like in retrospect, this could get us fired. So we gotta add some oh, stuff. Oh man! Out. So I, I guess a question to you is: How has the podcast been going so far? How many episodes in are you guys? What's been good? What's been bad? What's been challenging? What's been your favorite moments? Yeah, I, I think we're like 14 episodes in. We record every other week. Um, it's, I mean, it's it's going, I, I don't think any, the three of us, we don't see this as something we're going to get big off of. And, you know, our stats aren't crazy. Like we have yeah. like, I don't know, maybe 800 listens per episode. Nice. Um, but I, I think more than anything, it's just one, It maybe it could blow up. Not that I'm saying that we're planning on to, but I do think just the, the grind of doing this like, every other week and just committing to it has been for all of us, I think good that we're growing actually from this because I don't know for a lot of us, it blogs, especially like I think all of us had a Zanga or a blog that we tried to make like semi-serious, <laughs> but there's always a lull where you just stop writing or, or stop producing content. Mm. I think just the, the grind of ma having to do it every other week that we just said it uh, has been actually really good. Um, that, that process has been really cool just being able to talk with them and build chemistry that way. Um, yeah, highlights too. Like, I mean, we have some episodes coming up, but 
It's funny how if you have a pod, you can just email people and they'll be like, yeah, I'm down to talk to you. And I'd be like, I emailed you like two years ago. You never responded. But, um, <laughs> and this is more like the pastor world. Like Joe kind of probably knows, right? Yeah. It's very true. So it's, it's, it's true. exciting because we get to talk to people that we've always read about and really pick their minds about certain stuff. So we're having Mark Sayers on in a little bit. Joe, Joe might Ooh, know that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. And we well, yeah, have I mean, Jonathan Lehman on too, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was a wild episode. <laughs> <laughs> we, dude, I, so I, we, Joe, you edit these out, right? A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I don't, you can decide if you want to edit yeah, this out or not. Okay, okay. But I remember talking. Just to warn you, I'm gonna keep it in. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I remember talking with Jonathan Lehman, and if you don't know, he's like, uh, he's a white pastor, uh, a more elder author. He's pretty well known in like the reform circles, and just like. Th- the cultural differences while podcasting were so apparent. Mm. Like, you know, I, I think for us, when we talk, like we kind of, we're very beta. We like, we always are like, you know, and you guys are doing it probably subconsciously and me too. Like we're always aware of like, Oh, is, is Joe about to say something? Like, let me, let me late, like, you know, press off the gas a little bit, but man, Jonathan Lehman just like gas full on and like would talk <laughs> for like 20 minutes straight for one question. And then we we're all texting each other. Like, should we ask another question? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> so that was really interesting. Just seeing like that cultural difference oh come gosh. out. Um, and it was just like, oh, that's, I, I didn't know what to make of it. Um, but that was really interesting just to, to know what that episode, but yeah, Dr. Lehman, if you're listening, we, we love you. So thanks for coming. On. <laughs> so you're sa- you're basically saying like, he has no nunchi. Yeah. Yeah. In, in a, <laughs> that's, that's a way to, and that's a skill that I think we have. That's so interesting that, that you don't realize until you, do things like mm. this, you know? So that is hilarious, and I'm definitely keeping it in. Oh, man, I don't know if I said that. I hope the guys don't get mad I said that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I guess la- last piece is uh, where do you want your podcast to kind of go? Um, yeah, I'm honestly like, I don't have, I don't think, uh, and all three of us don't have like a plan or goal of like, we want to be the Asian Joe Rogans. I think more than anything, I, I hope that we can just continue to do this for a while. And I don't care how big we get, but I really think this like longevity of, of trying to do this will grow us like as just pastors and learning and our friendships too. And I just hope like more than anything, like hopefully, and I'm not saying that we're good at podcasting or good at talking, but I'm just hoping that as we do this, and even for you guys, like there's more Asian Americans, not just like, I don't want like Christian podcasts all over the place because I... <laughs> There's too much of that, but just talking about life and it's a scary thing. Um, it seems like, and it's weird cause you're trying to like, I don't know if you guys experienced this, but like I have a huge fear of always posting my own content on my social media feeds. Mm. Um, like when I write an article, especially like I hate, hate posting mm. it cause mm. I'm always like nunching yeah. and like what do people think yeah. like oh they think eugene thinks he's like this genius writer <laughs> and like even my episodes too like i don't want to come off like that um but i think doing that too it just kind of also allows us to hopefully and hopefully my pride can be kept in check but that i think that's a barrier that asian americans really need to kind of push through um as a church and just as a people too um and, and that we we should produce more content like i have a couple of college kids that i used to have that started their own small pod um, they're just talking about life and like, you know, quote unquote stupid things. But I think it's awesome because yeah. it's just getting Asian American voices out there. Hey, I, I got to say, I'll say this now because before we get into the dumb stuff but, um, <laughs> that we talk about. But I mean, one, I love what you guys are doing. Two, I totally feel what you're saying about posting stuff on your own social. I don't do it either. or I'm very wary yeah. about doing it, even for this yeah. pod. And um Everyone knows what you're talking, especially Korean American pastors. They're all going to know when another guy's doing something. They're all checking it out. They're being very critical. They have this kind of critical yeah. eye. <laughs> and unless it's like part of your tribe, you know, because if it's your guy, definitely you can kind of root for him and kind of push him on. But if sure. it's like another guy you kind of don't know and you've heard of, then I don't know if it's rivalry or some kind of envy or there's that that notion. And so I just got to say, honestly, like you guys are being brave. Because it's hard to put yourself out there. It is one of the things I told Cliff, like, I wouldn't want to do. Like, I don't like talking about really serious stuff on this podcast because it is kind of just for fun and a break from that that side of it. And so I totally 
respect you guys for what you do. Your content's great. I want to ask you some audio questions because I love the way your audio sounds, except for Tom. I don't know what's going on with his mic, but <laughs> I don't know what's going on with his oh, equipment. Man. Your stuff's good. Jason's <laughs> stuff is good. Tom sounds a little weird. <laughs> he needs to invest a little bit in a, in a better mic. I, uh, I'm sorry. I always hate on Tom. I love Tom. <laughs> yeah, I'll reserve my comments on that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, man, I mean, keep doing what you guys are doing. And whenever I see your stuff, I make a point to like, push it out there because i do love it personally and i do want people to see it so no thanks yeah, a lot keep doing what you and, doing, and insane like i really love you guys are like ogs in this game even though it's not that long <laughs> and like i love what you guys are doing too and i'm really excited to talk about quote-unquote stupid stuff because like talking about <laughs> always christian content can get taxing but yeah th- thanks a lot joe oh uh, yeah no for sure yeah l- let's move away from all that now <laughs> oh actually real quick bonus real quick bonus because I know you're a big time music guy. So, what's some good music you're listening to right now? Oh man, I was a good music guy until I had kids. Um, <laughs> but recently, I, I've had like a, a huge shift in in my life. Like, I had like my pop rock scene, and then I went to like super bony Vare like indie mm. scene, and then mm. recently I'm like really into hip hop. Um, I don't know if I'll get in trouble for saying this, but Coda the Friend is a hip hop artist mm. that I really like. Um, he has like Chance vibes, but redeeming Chance's oh. failures uh, from his past album. I was a huge Chance <laughs> rapper stand. I don't know. I know how, are you, you guys? Yeah. 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 Are, are Dude, you I guys big hip hop heads? I'm not sure. Yeah. I do like hip hop. Okay. I was a huge Chance fan, especially as a pastor. Cause like, yeah. He, he was like, wait a second. This is what we've been asking for. Yeah. Um, but man, his reason album, I was really disappointed. It was just <laughs> oh. like. I love my wife, 22 tracks. And I was like, I get it. I get it. And as a pastor, this is good. Oh, but man. you got to just, yeah. But um, so I, I'm st- I still love Chance. But yeah, Dakota the Friend is one guy I really like to put on. He has a lot of explicit language. So I would warn, you know, Christian viewers about that as a pastor. But I love him. I love Cole, uh, of course. And then kind of the, you know, Kendrick and, and even Drake too. Um, but that's one guy I'd like to highlight. Nice. Yeah, that's kind of what we do is like we like having people on and getting them in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the dream. That's the SBR way, my friends. That's, what that's, true. that's true. That's the beauty of being an associate pastor. No one really knows who I am. So it's all good. All good. <laughs> all right. We got to talk about the Warriors from the vantage point of a lifelong Warrior fan, Eugene Park. Let's go. The Warriors currently sit 1916, good for eighth in the West. ESPN actually had them predicted to be ninth in the West, so they're kind of right around where they're supposed to be. Golden State has been marred by injuries, most notably Clay Thompson. Wiseman's been in and out. Draymond didn't start the season. Marquise was lost for the season. I mean, who cares, though? But let's play all day or cray cray for all those that don't know. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait a second. Marquise Chris is a respected member oh, of our no. organization. Oh, no. Oh, my don't goodness. Do this. Let's not start. Let's here not start his, here. His stroke. You know, low key could be stretch fight, but yeah, go on. <laughs> We're going to play all day or cray cray. Eugene, I'll give you a topic. I'll say a statement. You tell me if you are all day for it or if it's the cray crayest thing you've ever heard. All right, Gene. The Warriors are exactly where they should be in the West all day or cray cray. That's all day. Um, I mean, when Clay went down, like most of us tried to. There was a moment when Clay went down and we signed Ubre. We're like, wait a second, like Ubre. I, <laughs> I think we could still be like competing, but then, you know, that crashed into reality soon. That's all day. I, I think it's exactly where we should be. This team is like, I have no idea what's gonna happen any night they play. Like they could beat you guys like down. What was it like nineteen? And then turn around and lose to the Hornets with a double technical with Draymond doing that. So, <laughs> oh, I I'll, I will gladly take this a spot that we're in. Mm, mm, mm. Joe, what do you think? Uh, I'm gonna go all day. Also, um, man, but that game, I was watching that game. <laughs> Draymond, which one? The the Draymond the Hornets one? Yeah, the Hornets game. That was wow. That was classic Draymond just throwing a game away. That was, that was pretty bad. Uh. I have to say, Eugene, Marquise Chris is trash. I don't know what? why you think this guy is good at basketball. Whoa, 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 whoa. Dude, I saw this guy play in Summer League one time, and he was like the worst <laughs> guy on the court. And it was his second <laughs> year doing Summer League. Okay, that's how bad oh, this guy man. is. He, uh, I don't know how he plays basketball, but credit to Steph, because Steph is amazing. He is carrying this team on his back. 
His numbers are pretty close to his MVP yes, season, his back-to-back MVP season, and were sick that year. They were, like, ridiculous. His efficiency stats aren't quite there. He shot 45% from three that season. You know, it's not quite there right now. I think he's, like, 48 from the field, 41 from three. But that's pretty dang good considering they don't really have another offensive option on this team. I mean, they got Draymond, who's just weird. Like this guy. He's averaging less than six points a game. But he's averaging like eight assists or something, right? I mean, he's so weird. He's like the strangest player. He's the kind of player that if you have him in fantasy, you like hate him. But then you can't drop him because he gets you some things that you need. That name belt, yeah, So yeah. it's weird. But, I mean, just props to Steph. He is legitimately the only like real player on this team. And they're doing, they're doing very well. If not for those weird Draymond uh, <laughs> technical fouls, or they've had some weird blown games. If they didn't have that, they could easily be like fifth right now. So, yeah. I mean, props. I mean, we've said that this Warriors team is like Denzel in a bad movie. It's like John Q, where he <laughs> yeah. is just acting his heart out, and nobody else can keep up with him. And you, you're yeah. just like... Bro, Denzel, you're just going so I mean, hard like, here. Honestly, they could be 13th or something, and you'd still be like, Steph, though. <laughs> like, wow. Denzel, That's it could be the worst movie in the history of movies, but if Denzel's yeah, yeah. in it, you're just like, wow. I mean, James Woods is in it, and he's playing the doctor. <laughs> I forgot like, he was in it, I don't it, know, though. dude. I don't know, man. <laughs> That's a great analogy, man. That's a but here's analogy. the here's the thing. Here's what I'm going to say. I think to your point, Eugene, they haven't lost more than twice in a row, and they haven't won more than three games in a row. It's yes, interesting. Like, there's no streak either way. They have some good things, right? Fourth most points scored in the league. Most assists in the league. Ninth in steals. Tenth in blocks. Eleventh in defensive rebounding. Third in causing the most turnovers. And second in opponent's field goal percentage. It's pretty good, pretty good stats up at the top for the team. But the bad is they're 28th yeah. in offensive rebounding. <laughs> eighth in turnovers. Second most <laughs> fouling team, and to put that into context, the team above them are the Wizards, and the team mm. below them are the T-Wolves. And allowing the most offensive rebounds, allowing the fifth most defensive rebounds. So rebounding really is a like fairly big issue, but still, Ooh. I'm going to go cray-cray. Because I mm. think the Warriors should be higher. Oh, I'll take that. I think I'll... they should be sixth. Because look, look at, Dame, look at Dame's team. Dave's team is freaking sorry, and they're sixth. Look at the Spurs. Who do they even have? I don't know how this. Who do they even? Granted, this this is the worst team Steph has ever been on. Granted, but still, Steph is amazing, and they should be higher. You know, a lot of it, like when people don't know this, but Dre and and Wiseman got COVID, and that wiped them both in training camp completely, Mm. and that just killed everything. Because even when Dre came back, like I think it was the third game in. And he's trying to get these guys like he's he I think there's a clip where he takes Uber and he throws him like where he's supposed to be. Um, but you can tell like, oh, they, the Dre wasn't there to kind of set everyone in, in defense position. So I think it's cool mm. seeing the potential like this team is really interesting. Where like on the wings, Ubre and Wiggins can do their thing like defensively. Um, so I, I, I really wish Dre just didn't party and didn't get COVID because man, I feel like that would have changed the whole season, but I'll take that. I'll take that clip. It's tough. It's tough. So Eugene, let's go. Warriors will definitely win the playoff play in tournament all day of cray cray. That's like a, like, a, eh, eh, like, I, I don't know. <laughs> like I, I, like I could honestly see them beating like the Jazz in the first Whoa. round. I I don't know about you guys. The Jazz are like the wow. Atlanta wow. Hawks uh, of this season to me. Like mm. they they look really great. Mm. Quinn Snyder with his villain look on the coaching sidelines and stuff. But I think we all know when it gets to playoffs, like they're Ooh. gonna get exposed. But that's just my take. But hot take. Hot take. Original question. I think I don't know because I it really matters like Draymond's emotional state during that month. Uh, it matters if if these guys can hit open shots, uh, Michael Mulder and Damian Lee. So that's like a, that's like an eh, eh to me. I'm not sure. I really wait, don't know. Wait a second. So you're telling me that the Golden State Warriors will beat the Jazz in a seven-game series but <laughs> can't beat the Memphis Grizzlies to get the playoff spot? No, he's saying he's saying it easily doesn't see? know. Yeah, it's, I could easily see those both I see, happening. I, see, I could I see, see us pushing <clears throat> the Jazz to seven and like somehow eking out a win. And I could also see us getting swept in the plane from like Memphis or something, <laughs> some random, 
some random thing like that with Jaw just going off and Draymond yelling at everyone. All right. Well, I'm going to have to give Eugene some hard truths here <laughs> again. Well, actually, you know what? I just completely disagree with you, actually, because one, I think all day they will definitely make it to the playoffs if they get in that situation. I think they would definitely win a playing tournament if it's like Memphis or Dallas or New Orleans or any of these teams. Like, They'll kill these guys. Like these guys, they don't know what it is to be consistent or to bring up their level when it really matters. I mean, we saw that with uh, Memphis last season. You know, when it came time, when it comes time to that elimination round, it's like the best players step up. Steph is clearly the best player, I think, in this, in that category, in that group of guys. Nobody else. I don't. I don't see them even having a chance. The flip side, though, if they played the Jazz in the first round, they would get destroyed. This Jazz team, <laughs> definitely not like the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks, that Hawks team, I know what you're talking about, the 60-win Atlanta Hawks team, or 62, I forgot how many wins they had. Yeah, 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 yeah. They had nobody. Yeah. They had no legitimate, even all-star caliber <laughs> player. They had freaking Kyle Korver out there. But they had four all-stars. But they had four. See, but Teague this is the was difference an all-star. between all-star. Paul Millsap. Baby. And like Paul an Millsap, all-star caliber player. You could be an all-star without being an all-star caliber player. And that's what they had. Wait, so you, you oh. think like Donovan is it? You think he's the guy? Dude, man, did you see this guy last season? He scored 50 points twice in a no, playoff no, I, series. I, I, I love Donovan, but I, I just feel like the team as a whole, like, I think Rudy Gobert is extremely overrated. Um, I, That's true. I think in the regular season. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, regular season, he's really good. But when you put him in, like, ISO playoff positions, like, I, I don't know if you remember that clip where Steph made him do, like, a like 720 <laughs> yeah, pirouette. Yeah, <I> <laughs> um, Like, and, and that that's the thing. Like, I think they ha- – like, Donovan, I really like. He's still young. And, and, you know, the Shaq comments, whatever. Like, I don't know what, what to think about that. But I still think the roster isn't – like, outside of Donovan, it – really reminds me of Atlanta Hawks and, and Donovan is so young I just don't like everyone's big on Joe Ingles and stuff like that and I, I love that player too <laughs> sure. but I just I just don't know when it comes to crunch time like you only have a broken Mike Conley which he's been playing a lot better these yeah, days he's been playing and worse. Donovan I just don't know but yeah, I mean we'll I was see. I was on board with you 100% last season because I we were saying a lot during the season like jazz are overrated because people kept saying oh yeah. the jazz they're like legitimate contenders I still don't think they're legit contenders. Unfortunately, I just think the Warriors have not enough. Like, Steph would have to go crazy to beat the Jazz because they have a legitimate defense. I think Steph will still play well. They'll put Gobert in pick and roll a ton, and Steph will probably eat Gobert for lunch, like, in that situation. But I don't think Dre's going to do much, and... I don't think Wiggins. I'm sorry, Wiggins. <laughs> Two way wigs. No, I, I, I'm with you. But the but yeah. the reason why we're so high on the Jazz is because it's one of those situations that everyone kind of knows their role. It's it's like looking at the cast of The Office, right? You got Donovan mm. Mitchell. That's Steve Carell. He's kind of like the head of the table, and then he's got a couple other pieces like Gobert could be Dwight Schrute and all that stuff. But then there's all these other role players that are kind of in the annex and all around. Yeah. They know what they bring to the table. They're not going to yeah. be speaking every single time, but they're just going to do their one specific thing that they're called on for. That's not mm. probably enough like to win a championship because you're going to need one other stellar person to be there to be a leading actor. Or, leading support leading actors or whatever but as an ensemble they're pretty solid i'll take that to be honest i've watched two national jazz games <laughs> so my takes are hot 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 takes i love it though but yeah i love the warriors zeal <laughs> <laughs> all right moving on we let's talk about the future of the warriors so this season we'll see what happens whether it's up against the jazz or not but I want to talk about the future of the Warriors. Steph is 32, Dre is 30, Clay is 31, coming off an Achilles injury. My question to you, Eugene, the Steph, Clay, Dre Warriors will win another championship together all day or cray cray? Hillsong United all day. And <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and, oh, this is probably going to be like, you know, stand take. Um, but. I've listened to a lot of Stephen A. recently. He's pumped me. I don't know. I didn't know he was such a big Warriors like Stan too. It's been interesting. <laughs> I, I like him combating Nick Wright, but um, <laughs> no I one think likes uh, Nick Wright. No, no, we don't like Nick Wright. <laughs> good, good. That's that's uh, only LeBron. Opinion. Only the Lebronies like Nick Wright. <laughs> yeah, because because he's on that clutch payroll. But anyways, um, <laughs> I, I I think 
seeing John Wall more than KD actually gives me a lot of hope for Clay. Mm. Um, Cause he's John still, I mean, he's not the same, but if you see oh. like, I, again, th- I haven't seen like bad. a complete no, game. Yeah. He's still there. Yeah, like he's got he's that bad. step. And with Clay, I mean, he doesn't need that for offense. So that like, what KD is doing, he can definitely do with that Achilles. But with his defense too, he he's not like a Kawhi like athletic. He's gonna overpower you. I think with Clay, with his defense that made him so good, is just he just dogs the hell out of a one man. And this is the thing: Clay's really good with this one on one, man on man. He gets lost in off ball defense, but that really gives me hope. And I think if you add Clay to this mix, I think Wiseman. We can talk about Wiseman a little bit, but he see he's shown me enough where he can be a piece in I think two to three years. Mm. You add in this pick, and I'm hoping it's Jalen Green because he's a he's a kind of a California product. I think that's enough um, with 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 what kind of the West is shaping up to be for the next couple of years. So I'm really big on it. I, I I think with Steph, you know, this could be again. I'm a huge. I'm more than a Warriors fan. I'm a Steph stan, protector, guardian, and savior. Or you know, <laughs> um, I really think he's still playing. I think he's playing the best basketball of his career uh, right now. Um, his body is different, and this is like, okay, this is like some insane Reddit subreddit warrior take. So just get ready. But <laughs> he, he added more muscle, and when you see him play now, he's always looking to cut, mm. and that's like that's wrecking so much havoc right now. And he didn't do that much in the 2016 yeah. year. Um, a lot of it was just the the craziness of his off ball coming off screens and all that stuff. So with that. And again, his his game's never been on athleticism. It's just handle, shot, and off-ball movement. Mm-hmm. And I think those things, like, you can do until you're 35, 36 pretty okay. Um, the biggest question will be, like, can you hide him well in defense as the years move on? But with all that saying, I think you can do it. And I don't even think Dre might be there in a couple of years. But Ooh. we'll see. We'll see about that. <laughs> but that's the question, right? Will Steph, Clay, and Dre together? Like, together... You know, yeah, no, I, I really think so. Um, I, I think Dre still has enough in the tank with his contract because he has, I think, two years left in his contract. Mm-hmm. He has enough to do it. Um, I'm actually in the camp of, I think you package Dre away uh, in mm-hmm. a trade and see what you get. Um, I'm open to that. But, you know, I love Dre. I'd love to keep him. But I'm still I'm still riding the Splash Brothers hot as much as I can. So Hillsong United, all day, bass solo. <laughs> all day, bass solo. <laughs> Sorry, I was a bassist, so if you're church, you know. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, Cliff knows. Cliff knows. Dude, we used to. Uh, Former praise leader, dude. Oh, we nice. We played that nice. a lot. <laughs> dude, as a bassist, when that song was on the set, you'd get so excited, man. You're like, look at me play. Bro. Hey, we should we should jam sometime right here. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I'm down. I'm lead down. guitar, drummer, and bassist. <laughs> nice. All right. Joe, um, they going to win? Man, I really, honestly, I wish I could go. Maybe it's not the right. Game. I know, I know, it's not. I, I get. You said that to me last night. If I had to, if I had to, I have to go cray cray. I think there's like a tiny sliver of a window for them. I do. I think mm. there is. There will be this very small window where, like, when the Lakers are declining, when LeBron is just getting old, the Clippers are a mess. I don't really know what's going on with them. And then it's true. Like you look at everything else. I mean, Portland's never gonna have enough. Utah is, you know, they're they're futile, whatever. <laughs> they're, they're fake. They're not real. The Hawks. Um, <laughs> I mean, as far as, yeah, as far as contending, I, I'll agree with you on the Hawks thing. Because if it comes down to the later rounds, I don't think they can hang with, you know, the upper echelon talent. So there will be like this small window. Because I think 33, basically, when Steph goes like 33 to 34, it's going to be a steep decline. Not that he's going to be bad, but he's going to go from like, oh, I can average 30 points a game to like, I'm averaging like 22 points a game, you know, which is kind of just what happens. I mean, when you get older, that's just kind of what happens, you know, and not that I think his skills will last a long time. I think he could play till he's like 38 or something. But, you know, we always talk about this cliff, but like that little extra burst that you have, it makes all the difference. Right. And it's the timing. It's that it's that little time because your body deteriorates, but your brain has not. Yes. And so all of a sudden, there's this young guy who's just good, you know, who's just like faster than you. He gets to the spot before you do. And that's how you feel about everybody in the league. So I think they have this tiny window, probably in two seasons, when Wiseman is just reaching his prime, the early prime, the year three prime. 
and Clay's back. If they can maximize that moment, I think they could. But I think odds are they won't. Yeah, something we don't see will probably happen. Wait, but how 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 are you on the rookie class next year? I mean, who's who's even the who's even the top prospects? Uh, Jalen Green. You got Jalen Green. You got Jalen Suggs. You got um, John the Kaminga. Um, you got that kid from Stanford. I don't know. I, I am not high not on any high. draft pick yeah. ever again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what what scars you, Cliff? The last like eight years. <laughs> like every year, every year the Ringer group is like, this is the most stacked draft class of all time. <laughs> you got Wiggins. You got Jabari. Ever since Anthony ben- oh, no, yeah. Jabari. Ever since Jabari. Yeah. Ever oh, since Jabari man. and Wiggins. Mormon like, legend. I'm like. Dude, and every year they're like, oh, my God, Zion is here. Lonzo Ball? Oh, my gosh. Lonzo is the greatest thing I've <laughs> ever like seen. Ben Simmons. UCLA. Like, oh, wow, this Ben Simmons kid. He's like amazing. I mean, Brandon uh, Ingram but, is the next Kevin Durant. And it's like. Markel Falls. But, you know, this is, yeah. this is a huge sidetrack. But I think this year's draft class kind of like gave a middle finger to, to, to all the media. Because the ringer and all of them were so down this year's mm. uh, rookie class. But I actually love this year's rookies, like mm. a lot of them. Um, I don't. I mean, Lamelo, Tyrese Halliburton, Mello, and yeah. An- Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Oh, Tyrese Halliburton actually is playing really well. Edwards He's has nice. the dunk of the decade. Dunk of the year. <laughs> that fool is like, who's that? The Dion Waiters with like Dwayne Wade athleticism, mm. and if he just gets his mind straight, he could be so good. Can't get I, I really like in Minnesota. Kid. Just yeah. can't. Oh yeah, he's already got some problems. That's right? a death trap. Yeah. That's a death sentence. Indeed. But sorry, back on. Track. Here's what I think. I'm I'm gonna go cray cray. But I feel like their window is next year and the year after that. They have like two chances. I'll take that. That right there. Um, and the reason why they have they even have a chance is because of kind of what we just talked about. I feel like the last eight years hasn't risen a superstar, like the next Mm. echelon of talent. Uh, You know, we talked about it before, but the old guys are sticking around a little longer than they should, and the new guys aren't kicking them out because they haven't been good enough. You know, like Giannis should have kicked out LeBron already. Like he should have been like taken over already. And he hasn't, you know, like he hasn't ascended far enough. Luka should have been the MVP this year, but some reason... Just sucked Regress. back down, like like something happened, you know. And like cat, cat should have been good. All all these guys, Embiid should have taken over, and he is this season, you know. And maybe hopefully he sustains it. But these young guys that were supposed to be the next guys, the next group of championship people, haven't taken over. And because of that, there's this window. There's this window of opportunity for these guys to kind of sneak in and to collect their championship gold again. And I think Steph is in that area, and we'll see how Clay responds. But again, like you're saying, the reason why you want to package Draymond is to me, Draymond <laughs> is like a DeLorean, right? It's like, just like, it looks, you think about it, it's like, oh, that's cool. It's cool. It's fancy. It's fancy, right? It's like, oh, wow. You got a DeLorean? Is it functional? But at the end of the day? Is it, it, at the end of the day, it's just an old car, right? <laughs> doesn't like have an iPod dock. Doesn't have any of that stuff, right? iPod yeah. dock. That's Whenever even that's old. <laughs> Whenever you see it, it makes you think about how good you it was. You think about the good times. You think about all the good times that you had. Wow, that was so good back then. Oh, man, too good. And, you know, like he mentioned too, but like COVID's messing with him a lot. Uh, if you like read the, the newsletter or the news really carefully, like he's not like you can tell too, like he's old, but he's his when he's running up and down the court, he gets winded quick. And you can always mm. tell I, this is too much warrior viewing, but whenever he's late, <laughs> on on a defensive fast break and he's yelling at someone it's that usually never happened before because usually he's yelling at you while he's there at the paint there but there's so many times where he's dragging i'm like i'm pretty concerned about that too because he's he's getting old but yeah yeah. that sucks but unfortunately he also averaged eight points last season and (laughs) shot 39 percent oh and then seven points the year before oh it's not great I do, I do like Wiseman though. I like him. Yeah. He's shown some some amazing flashes. Yeah, it's crazy to think he's only played like, th- was it three games in college? So I'm really high on him. My, I'll tell you what, like the Warrior fanatical take is like we want to be the next Spurs, and, and they want to package like Wiseman in the next pick to be like what was supposed to be Kawhi and the you know like the next coming of the Spurs, and they're like, 
subreddit the warrior subreddit is like all big on this oh whoever we pick next <laughs> him and wiseman will like take the mantle and like carry us into the promised land I i'm see. not that crazy um but yeah i agree dre, dre is i think the biggest equation so if i could change that question if it's steph clay plus a trade package that works out i i really think we can do in the next two years yeah dre dre would be great if he was on Derek fisher money because that's to me who he reminds me of like <laughs> he, he he's like the locker room leader right yeah he's like yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like a really great role player he's not a star yeah. he just isn't anymore but if he yeah. just played that role on a that kind of salary and you could sign someone else much bigger that's when you really make noise but unfortunately he's getting paid star money yes that's sir. that's the problem all right last one i want to talk about steph you love Steph. We love Steph. I do. Everybody okay. loves Steph. Who doesn't yep. love Steph? Three-time NBA champion, two-time MVP, seven-time All-Star, 90th most points scored all-time, second most threes scored ever. I want to ask you, Eugene, all day or cray-cray, Steph will finish his career as a consensus top 10 player of all time. Ooh. So let's do this. And I'm curious because, you know, I've only talked to Warrior fans my whole life. Laker friends like you know I have some Laker <laughs> friends but they all our talk is just banter who's in your top 10 list I'm always curious to, to ask this before I answer oh it's like it's Kareem Shaq Kobe Derek Fisher Robert Ory <laughs> Robert Ory <laughs> Robert Ory <laughs> I see what I'm dealing with here Cedric Sabalos <laughs> bunch of Eddie Jones Eldon Campbell <laughs> Eddie Jones, Vladimir Redmanovic, Andrew uh, Godlock in there too, Sa- Sasha Vujacic, Dale Three, <laughs> Sasha <Vujicic>. Jordan Farmar, <laughs> Mike Mike Pember, uh, Ronnie Turioff, is he in there too? Ronnie Turioff, Robert Sacre. <laughs> okay, no, the real list. The real list is probably Jordan, LeBron, probably Jordan. Magic, Kareem, Bird, Russell, Kobe, Duncan, Shaq. Okay. In in some order, with Jordan yeah, at the top, more or less, more or Jordan less. At Jordan the top, at the top. That's probably the list with the on the on the cusp is Katie, Steph, Hakeem, and the Big O. Yeah. So I I think all day with time, because th- this list is always arbitrary with the the time period that you're in, right? Right. Um, like the Big O was always in a lot of these top ten lists until like a lot of these newer guys came in. I, I think more than what Steph will do on the court, I just think as, as old heads and NBA heads think back on what his impact on the game was, on like, you know, he he changed the game the most probably since Jordan, if I don't know if you guys agree, like just how it's played. I'm not talking about what he does on the court, but just how it's played. He's changed it within a couple of years. I think because of that, when you look back, someone like a Bill Russell or Wilt Chamberlain will be kicked off that list just because of the impact of when you look back at Steph's legacy. But this is the thing. I think Steph will always be in that debated range of like 8 to 10 where it's not that he's in the list. He's always debated, is he in the list? So I'll say all day with time. But, you know, even as a Steph stand, I, I know what, what the NBA kind of heads will always say. So he'll be in the 8 to 10 range. That that would be my official answer. I, I That's funny. The funny you say that because – Literally, I wrote down, he's a vanguard because outside of Jordan, he's the most influential basketball player in the last 40 years. Amen. He really is. And the next people after that is some combination of Allen Iverson, Shaq, and LeBron. Those, that's like the next tier. But the, the, the highest tier is Jordan. Prove that small guys can win. Everyone started playing like Jordan. Guys like KD, the reason they play like that, instead of being a seven-footer, is because of Jordan. You know? Yes. Yes. All these, this new era of basketball is all because of Steph. Yeah. Right. Now every kid shoots threes. That's what they do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. To to me, he's kind of like, he's kind of like Shaq. He's kind of like the Shaq of guards. He broke the game a little bit. Like the game is just a little messed up right now because now everybody's like just bombing threes. Every team is going for this kind of just shooting threes. Remember, like, after Shaq, all of a sudden, guys, they're just going after, like, hey, we need the next Shaq. Let's yeah. get Olo Candy. Yeah. You can't find, you know, like, you can't find <laughs> Shaq, man. Yeah, they, just, they just thought, yeah, it's like, oh, this guy's just really big, yeah. so we the, just need to get the, really He big messed guys. up everybody's, like, draft because everyone had to get a center. You know who Steph is? Yeah, because you guys talk about pop culture a lot. Yeah. Steph is Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. of what Iron Man changed his, like, the comic book, like, game. 
like is is Robert Downey Jr. like Denzel Washington esque like Oscar worthy performances? Like no, but he ch- Robert Downey Jr. and the MCU and Kevin Feige they changed <laughs> everything. Like the DCU is playing catch up. Like they're never gonna catch up. No, and I think you know if if. I don't know if this is getting too meta, but like Jordan's like Christopher Reeves. He's like just like the OG. Like he started, <laughs> you know, like the, the, the superhero trend, right? We've had some like, you know, Kevin Costner. Or no, no, who was, who was Batman? Um, who oh, was, Michael Keaton. Yeah, Michael Keaton. You know, like Kobe's like, oh, it's kind of there, kind of there. <laughs> but, and again, Robert Downey Jr., is, is he a better actor than, than Michael Keaton? I, I don't think so. But the impact on like media, Robert Downey Jr. changed the game uh, with every, like WandaVision is because of Robert Downey Jr., right? So because I think that's that's the best comparison to Steph, that he just changed everything. The game is played in completely different ways because of him. Yeah, you know what? I really like that. I like that better than what I was going to say. <laughs> I think that that really fits because he did... I mean, the face of the game now is because of Steph. Like, the way that it looks, right? And even when he leaves, he leaves the game, it's going to... he's He will have left this indelible mark... And now that's just what it is. That's just what you think about when you think about the game of basketball. Because a little bit unlike Shaq, because I know I did compare him to Shaq, just in the sense that he is kind of OP. Like he's kind of overpowered in the in what he does because that's what everybody's doing, but he does it the best. But unlike Shaq, everybody's going to continue to do this basically forever yeah. because it has to do with math and analytics and it just makes sense. And now everybody shoots... I mean, Logo Lillard, you know, like, I mean, LeBron shoots long threes now. Like, everybody's shooting threes. And Steph really started that. He really started the notion, or I guess, actually, it's more like proof of concept. He proved that it could work like that. You could do that and actually be successful at it. And now, I mean, NBA teams will never not do that. It's going to always be that way. Yeah, Yeah, so the reason why I put Shaq lower than uh, Steph is because Shaq changed the NBA, but Steph changed basketball. Like, mm. like Shaq changed the way people were drafting. Sure. There's like rules and stuff too. That yeah. So he, he, yeah. he has that part, right? So like he made people draft Oloa candy. Steph got Jimmer for that drafted 10. All right. <laughs> like he, like he, those parts match. Oh, Jimmer. But like the next Steph, but Shaq. kids weren't playing like Shaq. They weren't trying to be like Shaq, you know, yeah. whereas yeah. kids are trying to be like Steph. People are playing that style of basketball and that's and why no to matter me, your size you're no gonna matter do your size he does yep exactly that's why to me he's like kind of the a, like a higher tier of influential to me yeah but yeah, i don't like yeah. it because when yeah. i go play like at the park like <laughs> middle schoolers like can can be really good now it's not you can't bully them like before <laughs> <laughs> They're all working on their hands. I don't know, man. Old school threes. YMCA basketball like still works, all right? <laughs> hey, up and under, baby. They're confused by that. <laughs> when you do a drop step, they're like, whoa, what is What's this? that? What's that? Why are you putting your back against my own body? <laughs> this is not a contact sport. This is not football. <laughs> uh, so, Joe, I don't know if you answered. Did you answer? Are you all day or cray cray, Steph? Oh, hmm. Yeah. So here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Uh-oh. What it actually comes down to. Here's what it actually comes down to is where KD is going to end up. Because mm. I think they're kind of fighting for that last spot in the top 10 to me. And I don't know if either of them can actually move up. It's a little tough just because of championships. I mean, if you're going to go historical, you know, who's had more of an impact on the game. I agree. Like, I'd put Steph way up there. You know, he'd be, like, number two probably on that list. But if we're going to go actually kind of what you generally go with on this kind of list, like just ability, greatness, yeah, resume, you know. So every you kind of have to just consider championships. You kind of have to consider everything. It's tough. And I don't know if they can both get in there. If Katie's just done, if he's not going to win any more championships, I'd put Steph in there. Yeah. But... If KD continues to go on and succeed with Brooklyn, it's going to be, you can't keep KD out of there. Like he might move up to, you know, like number five or something on the list. And that just wow. wouldn't be like enough swats. Whoa, I, mean, think, like, I'm not, I don't think it's going to happen, but uh, like, what if they three-peated? Yeah. What if Brooklyn three-peated? You know yeah. I mean? We're talking about this vacuum in the West. Yeah. Uh, let's say the Lakers suck this year. AD's out, right? The Jazz are fake. Nobody else is anything. Like, let's say if, if the Clippers go all the way with Brooklyn, I, I got my money on Brooklyn in that situation. 
Mm. Right. So they win that. And then what happens? The West falls apart. Who's going to contend in the East? I mean, it could happen. I'll give you another. Do you think if Kawhi wins another ring with a different team, that at least puts them into the discussion that we're talking about? Because I've always argued this with friends. Not me. Yeah. I, but, I, I, yeah. But do you think that's because of his persona and his lack of like personality? Or you just think it's just he hasn't shown enough? With the Spurs yeah. not really being, I don't think ring. he's done enough in the regular season. Honestly, yeah. it's consistency and resume. I mean, yeah, he got yeah. no MVPs. He has even games played, like all-time points, all that kind of stuff. He's not going to be anywhere on those lists. Yeah, you know. So, quite is like low-key one of my favorite players. No, he's I, awesome. I love his. I game. still think he's. He's fighting for the best player. He's in the fighting NBA for right the best now. best yeah. player in the NBA. He's in a. He's in like a four-way battle right now or something like like there's there's a few guys i think battling for it right now yeah yeah i love this game yeah just just out of curiosity how do you how do you feel about kd eugene um oh good question (laughs) it's so i um there's a book by ethan strauss about about kd um about the warriors in the dynasty called the victory machine and it's really interesting when you read that at first I was like really annoyed of KD. Like mm. the first year was a honeymoon phase where like everyone was happy. We're blowing everyone apart. And yeah. that was like, I will still say that's probably the best offensive team of all time. Like I don't think any other team will come close to that 2017 team. But then I, he, so I was first annoyed of him, but then I realized like, Oh, he's just really, I, I, I don't want this to sound demeaning. Like he's really broken or something is messed mm. up inside. Mm. Like he, I don't know if you heard this story or not, but he got so ticked off that Maurice Spates, Mo Buckets, was more loved by the Warriors franchise than him. Wow. And that really, really irked him. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, it's not like you're sensitive. It's like, I feel like something's kind of like messed up or something's missing. Mm. So I, I think it's, it's just more of like, you know, he, he he's our age. He's like a millennial, or at least my age, like a millennial kind of trekking through everything. So I just realized like, oh, he's just a dude with some problems that we all have trying to like, that's really good at basketball, just trekking through life. And that changed my perspective a lot. Um, I always tell myself, like, if Katie wasn't good at basketball, like, he'd be such a different person, you know? And, yeah. and I think because of that, it's just so different. So I I, I still adore him. Like, I, I miss him a lot. I, I take him for what he is. You know, we the Warrior fans are so lucky to have Steph because they have this dude that's like, you know, he could be an elder at, at a church, right? He, <laughs> he has, like, picture-perfect family and, like, you know, all this stuff. And we're so, like, lucky to have that maturity, too, uh, other than, like, you know, his play. Because, you know, like, there's so much stuff that, like, LeBron, well, I hope we get into LeBron. LeBron's a great example of this. If you're a fan of a team and LeBron comes, that changes everything, mm-hmm. right? It was LeBron all along. Like, <laughs> it was every LeBron decision. It all wasn't along. Agatha. It was LeBron. And I think we're really lucky to have Steph. So I think when KD Katie came, it just made us realize, like, oh, not every superstar is, like, made perfectly in God's image like stuff. So just, you know, <laughs> didn't realize that. Uh, <laughs> my, my, my fandom is coming out, but I do miss him a lot. I, I wish he it. stayed. I really wish he stayed because I think it would have been really interesting to see that that trio of, of Steph, Clay, and Katie really develop into, into even more heights if he was just more emotionally mature. Man, that, that, that Warriors team, not, not the championship one, the last one, the, the Boogie? Boogie Cousins one is still the greatest starting five ever assembled that I've yeah. ever seen. Man, that year was an emotional roller coaster, man. Uh, that was a year when like Dre and KD got, got into, into that, it. Like, yeah, that Clippers game. I remember watching that game, and I was just like, yeah. Was even with Boogie, like you could tell like this dude shouldn't be playing basketball. You know, after he got hurt um, in the Clippers round for the playoffs. Yep. And when he was in the finals, I was like, this dude should not be playing basketball. Mm. Like, he's doing more damage to his body. So I felt really bad for Boogie at that time. And, like, I love Boogie. Like, I really wanted to draft him. But we drafted freaking Epe Udo that year. But that's another, like, <laughs> story as a Warriors fan. Um, but, yeah, that, that team was so fun. And, and what could have been, man? What could have been? Yeah. So you touched on it a little bit. But what are your thoughts of LeBron? You know, LeBron is smart. He is mm. so smart. He is 
Ultron. Like he he <laughs> understands like he is not the trying machine. to dominate the physical reality, but the the every reality that that's in the game, you know? And I think because of that as a fan of the game, it's just I can't, I can't support makes sense. Um he mm. he's always thinking about not just basketball, but it's always yeah. three steps ahead to a point where it's just controlling everything around him, right? Um so it's just I don't know. And it, I this is probably like I'm triggered because of like 2016 and like the block <laughs> and like going up against him like on and on and on. I respect the heck out of his game. I, I love what he can see in the floor. I remember like the, the blowout that we had. I remember like this is a specific play where like Ubre back cut with this stuff off screen and it was like wide open. And it, mm. this whole season with like Kelly's resurgence, we've done that all the time. And it's always an easy bucket. They try and run it again. And LeBron knew exactly what was coming. And yeah. I was like, dude, mm. this just watching him play is so fun. Yeah. But the baggage of clutch and Rich Paul <laughs> and GM LeBron and LeBron all along, like all these things. LeBron like, all along. Yeah, like that just, I love that. It just bothers the heck out of me. So I, I, I respect him. But as a fan, and you know, it's fun. I just he's like my my villain. He, he, he is the mm. Celtics if I'm a Lakers fan to, to me. Well, you know, we are diehard Laker fans, and LeBron is our villain as well. <laughs> you know what? You know what he made me think of with that Aga thing. The thing, you know, in the most recent episode, the very beginning, where um, they're all trying to drain Agatha, mm-hmm. but then they all end up getting drained of their life. Yeah, <laughs> that's LeBron. That's, Lebr- that's perfect, LeBron, right there. They're it's like LeBron no, and Laker gonna, fans. Like all of us combined, like, we're gonna yeah. suck the life force out of you. And he's like, nope. You know, the, the head witch is Jeannie Buss. She's like, I, I got you under control. I was like, wait a second. No, yeah. So it's not even like we were trying to destroy him. We were just trying to impart all the Laker fandom. We were trying to give him, like, we, we're ascending you. We're giving you the heritage, the mama mentality. We're, like, pouring it into him. And he's like, and then he just passes back the poison. <laughs> passes back the poison. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, we're sending him purple and gold, and then he sends back blue. You're like, why are the jerseys blue? (laughs) What's going on? I thought this was just like a vintage night. We're wearing it every night now. Wait, what did you guys feel when when you guys won the ring with him? Like, how how was that as a fan? (sighs) It's okay. It's okay. You know, I, I... when the Dodgers won, yeah, oh. I like audibly screamed in my living room. I was cheering. I almost like, wept. Yeah, I was so happy for like my family, like my sons. Yeah. Like, oh yes, you got to see like this Dodgers championship. And when the Lakers won, do you know what literally happened? It's over, right? And my oldest son, he's like, "Is it over?" <laughs> he literally asked me because he didn't know what was going on. He's like, "Did we win?" Oh, and I was like. Man. We did. We won. I, I audibly groaned when LeBron's when LeBron said, I want my damn respect too. I was like, Oh <laughs> why? Gosh. Why Jeez. don't do this? Do you guys think don't he ends this. his career with the Lakers? Yeah, I do. Just legacy and, and everything. I don't I, I just probably think... but I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past him to go back to Cleveland for his last season. Yeah, I could totally see that. You yeah, know maybe. Even as a Warriors fan, like I actually have a soft spot for the Lakers because, like, when I was in Southern California, I, I did campus ministry that that Joe knows. I would drive to Santa Barbara a lot from from the OC. And I'd always listen to ESPN seven ten. So like during the, the 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 crazy hard years, you know, like mm. Andrew Goldlock, the dark years, yeah, yeah, like Earl Clark, um, <laughs> yeah. like Jordan. Cl- I remember Brutal. people were like Jordan Clarkson is the future, and I was like, Are you sure he's the future? Because he looks like a six man. Um, but I remember, like, you know, I, I grew a soft spot for the Lakers at that time. And, like, I feel so bad that LeBron is, like, using you guys like a mercenary. Like, yeah. the, the oh, yeah. franchise is just a, a weapon he's holding and he's going to discard after it's unloaded. Mm-hmm. And just oh, yeah. makes me so, like, upset, you know? Like, I don't know what it is. but Which is, like, so insulting to Laker fans because it's, like, we are the legacy franchise in the NBA. Like, we are the blue chip franchise. This guy comes in here and thinks... He's greater than us, but you know, what can you do? <laughs> Enjoy the ride. You know, at least you have AD. That's how we got the podcast. You know, 
it's it's fine. If LeBron is gonna use the Lakers, then we are gonna use LeBron. On our podcast. <laughs> hey, that's means to you know it. I I totally re- that's that's a good way to think of it. That's a great way to think of it. I guess so. All right, that was all day or cray cray with our special guest Gene Park again. Check out his podcast off the pulpit. Thanks, Eugene, for stopping by. Thank you, man. Thank you so much for being with us. Of course. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the People's Pod. Subscribe, like, comment, rate, share. Give us five stars. We'll be back next week with more nonsense. This is SBR with Cliff and Joe. Peace. Peace.